Hi, I'm Peter from What's On Your Mind and I give you Vivek. We have been colleagues more than 11 years ago and you are going to experience the moment where we are meeting again. We had no upfront chit chat, no whatsoever. So you're going to meet the, our conversation after 11 years. What have changed? What lessons that we have learned? It's an amazing energy. It's a really a clash, a melting pot of different cultures coming together. Enjoy Vivek. Welcome to What's on Your Mind with Peter Snowart. Every week a guest talks about his or her story and that story can inspire you to change your own. Here's Peter. So we are live, live, we are recording Vivek. Excellent, my friend. Nervous? Not really. You, you're a guy that puts me at ease every time I've been with you, so I wouldn't <laughs> be nervous this time. Even if there's a camera, like, look, Big Brother's watching, you yeah. still won't make me nervous. Yeah. The, the 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 strange thing is I don't know if you if you have the same but um it has been 11 years since we've seen each other although when I'm speaking with you and now the whole world can also enjoy that moment is that uh that connection is still the same it feels like yesterday yeah. exactly it's it's about people who have the same kind of spirit or attitude to life right and then connection happens very quickly you're looking good you're looking the same Not much has changed. <laughs> But, yeah, I can say the same for you. So, um, 11 years later. Mm -hmm. Now, Vivek, one of the things that, um, that does this, this is one of the reasons why I asked you, of course, being you, um, because we always had that, um, I mean, yeah, maybe a special connection. I thought you were a lot different than a lot of uh, people that I've met in business land. Um Uh, you 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 have brains at the same time. You are grounded and you are a very charismatic, very friendly guy. Humble at the same time. I never had the feeling that you thought the sun was shining out of your ass. And the the thing that strikes me most was the last years. I don't know when you started, but on Facebook, you have started. Was it because you were having children or something? You started every year on your birthday saying the lesson that you have learned the last year and yeah I, i i where 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 did you get those insights were were you raised like that you always have been like that uh did it really start around the time the time that you 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 had children where where what sparked you to do that vivek take us with us so I, i think it really started when When we met many years ago, we were working at the same company, but I had a job at the mm. time that required me to travel a lot, really a lot. And when you were traveling, one of the blessings of being in a plane, there are not many blessings of being in a plane, mostly it's a painful experience. But one of the blessings is that you're disconnected to some extent from the rest of the world. So when I was traveling in strange time zones, long time, uh, long hours on planes and airports, uh, getting to places all over the world, um, I really th had thoughts. And I thought, let me capture some of these thoughts. Um, and it just started flowing like a, like a stream of, of consciousness somehow. Right? It's something that really just started in my mind and I began to, to, to write these thoughts down. And it wasn't always deep things, right? Sometimes it was like, Hey, always remember to look in the backseat of a taxi when you get down, right? And sometimes it was a more deeper thought. So 
And then as I started writing this stuff, I started writing it on my phone. Uh, on Literally 10, 10, 10 years ago is when I started this practice. I was like, hey, this is a pretty long list. And it was my birthday. I said, hey, let me share it with my friends. And that's how it started. And, and 10 years later, here we are, right? And uh, actually, I got a really nice present uh, a few months ago for my brother. He took 10 years of my list on Facebook and he put it in a book, right? And this is the book. We've got all kinds of quotes in it. And I'll send a copy to you. How about that? Great. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, I was actually, that was my next question. When is the fir your first book coming out? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you just, you, what I found very, um, uh, I don't know the word, but um, it's not strange, but I find it's a very positive thing. I mean, you're a business guy, you're a managing director um, in, in, of a Swiss company, if I'm correct, or based in Swiss Switzerland, if I'm correct. I run and, the European <clears throat> operation, which is based in Switzerland, yeah. And I mean, you just mentioned a stream of consciousness. Those words, <laughs> it's not something that I hear a day to day in a typical business context. <laughs> and you just mention them like you just, yeah, it always has been a part of you. It has been indeed a part of me. I mean, I grew up in India to some extent, obviously, that's a spiritual country, right? I mean, you're a little bit more connected with traditions and practices and stuff like that. And then even though I moved to Europe when I was 21, last year, no, I'm joking, right? That was a long time ago, 20 plus years ago. Uh, but when I moved to Europe, I was just 21. But I always maintained a deep connection with my family and let's say Indian practices and behaviors. And also living across two cultures, um, it, uh, it adds something to your personality. It makes you think, I think, a little bit differently because you can have a little bit of a contrast between, hey, these are how Europeans do it. This is how Indians do it. I traveled a lot to the US for many, many years, almost weekly. This is how Americans do it. Uh, I think that that helps. And, and that's why perhaps this stream of consciousness is what I would say. You start to start to reflect on things a little bit in a more granular way, perhaps. Yeah, because to be honest, I open, I was not raised by that. I mean, if you would have spoken out the words like 20 years ago, stream of consciousness, I think it would be, what the hell is he saying? So it would be something very, I don't know, something. Yeah, I, because right now I, I literally understand every word what he's saying, of course. Um, did you... That's an interesting one. You have U.S., Europe, and and um, and and Indian culture. What for you are the biggest differences? I mean, do you have to adapt yourself? Can you be Vivek all the time? How was for you? The, what are the biggest differences? Are there even things that you learned from those cultures that you think mm, that's maybe something, yeah, um, positive? Yeah, I think when I first moved to Europe, the contrasts were much more clear, right? And let me explain. I think in, in India, it was all about community living, right? You help each other, you work as a community. And community living is a very positive thing, but also has a negative side, right? Because sometimes there's a lot of um, thought about, oh, what will other people think? Should I really do this? Does it fit with 
with the community I live in. And in, in Europe, it's uh, very much independent living, certainly in Western Europe, very much independent living. Go your own way, find your own path, uh, make your own future and things like that. Now, it happens, you know, when you leave a certain country, you tend to romanticize how it was, right? And you don't appreciate the changes. But I do see in India that uh, it's a very positive thing that people are able to break free sometimes of the community. Sometimes a community can lift you up, but sometimes it can restrict you as well. Right? It's, a, it's, a, it's a different thing. So I've seen uh, uh, in India people becoming much more independent with a lot of multinational companies. People have upward mobility in terms of jobs and progression, which is a fantastic thing. But at the same time, I romanticize the past because you people are, are forging their own path and forget about the community living. On the other hand, in Europe, it's going obviously in reverse, right? People are, for example, like Peter, when you and me started right, in our career, it was all about, okay, get a job, get a career, steady progression up the corporate ladder, keep growing, keep earning more, uh, and you're on the right track. But if I look at the current generation, right, millennials and beyond the millennials, right, they are like, no, 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 no. My personal time, uh, having a, an experience, having deeper connection with people is actually priority number one, right? Money is more like a hygiene factor. A career is more like, okay, I need to somehow earn my bread. I need to somehow make life work. And that's also very interesting to me, right? Because I'm not like that, right? I, I feel a sense of kind of duty almost, right? To, to kind of progress in my career and my, and my life. Almost would feel guilty if I say I took a step back and said, hey, I need to prioritize, uh, uh, let's say, personal time more. But I do recognize that, that, that my way is not the only way, right? I think some young people are much smarter, perhaps. They care much more about the, the planet. They care much more about their personal health. They care much more about making connection. So I, I think that those are some of my thoughts, right? Cultures change, but also uh, demographics, the way young people who are now 21 think quite differently about the world than when I was 21. Yeah, that's true. And um, there are some team members who have that age that I'm working with, and it's they, they are really going for impact. Uh, of course, money is, is important. You can really feel, I mean, in our days when, when we work together, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on targets, getting the numbers, uh, end of quarter, et cetera, et cetera. And that would put a lot of strain and pressure on us. And also we would sometimes put that pressure on, on, on customers and to make sure that they sign contracts. And we made it a badge of honor um, to make sure that things happened um, it was not always in, um, in a way that it flowed. Eh? I mean, um, and sometimes maybe we even would force certain things nowadays. I mean, with the younger salespeople, it ain't going to happen. I even had a salesperson said, Peter, I'm not going to push that customer to sign right now, etc., etc., etc. And, um, yeah, there was no room. I mean, if I would have done that in the culture, in the environment that we have lived in, hmm, that was, um, I think that would have different consequences uh, for me. Uh, I mean, like uh, get 
the hell out here. So um, I'm not saying it was that hard, yeah. black or white, but yeah. And also the, the 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 other point that you mentioned, the the fact, and I also have that is that we are so what would say conditioned that uh, or belief that um, yeah, taking time for yourself. I mean, sometimes it's better when you're in that rush of that at in your head actually, and you're trying to find a solution for a certain challenge or or, or a problem. I mean, we have been learned that think even harder, where sometimes taking two a couple of steps back and and, and standing still and allowing it to come to us and 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 even feeling I wouldn't say guilty. Yeah, to take time off, and and I I also have that, and it's 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 deep inside myself. I'm better at it than like when when we have worked together, but still. So interesting. Um, inside. Yeah, and I, I don't now, think I don't think one way is better than the other, right? I I do think there there is a lot of value as well in let's call it our way, right? The way we think, but I think it's really important to recognize there's also value in the way sometimes younger people think, right? Because the pendulum can sometimes swing too much the other way, right? I yeah. mean, uh, to be aware of the world around you, to be to be open-minded, to, to be respectful of other people is important. But you also hear now a backlash of like people being too woke, right? People being too conscious that it almost gets in their way of, of uh, operating successfully. So it's just about having an eye open for different ways of doing things. Yeah, I fully, fully agree, eh? and especially with with the the analogy of the pendulum. I mean, um, um, but it's 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 good to have the one, and it's good to have the other, and it's it does make don't make just make sure you're not going to the extremes. I think going in our direction way too hard isn't 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 also the solution, but also indeed, like you're mentioning, I mean. It's good that you want to stand still, etc. But at the same time, you need to make sure that you are taking action and that you are not. Um, maybe, maybe then we're going to the. You have children. You have children. Yes. And then we one, come into one, into one, the. I have a, a, a nine-year-old boy. And how young is he right now? He's nine years old. Nine. Yeah. I mean, then we come into the in the the field of of education. Um, yeah. I believe that we are a product of our upbringings, the way the culture, uh, our parents, etc., your community, and um, and I think in my case it was uh, post uh, World War II, so it was all about security, um, making sure you have an income, etc. Uh, so therefore you had to study, get a job, etc., etc., and indeed climbing that corp that corporate ladder, and that would be the ticket to happiness that happy life um i also believe that um there is a the, the the younger generations um and as being a dad myself i can really relate to that i mean the um, they, they have been brought up differently sometimes i have the feeling that we want to avoid the fact that uh, children don't want to we want to take away the frustration and the bad luck and the uh, and the angerness, but there's also a lesson in that to learn to cope with that. And when those people come into the the, the job market, 
then when they don't have learned that lessons, maybe, yeah, I wouldn't say the world is cruel, but they're not that resilient enough. So I have to learn to um, train that resilience. I don't know if that resonates with you. Yeah, it, it, it does. Absolutely. And this is kind of indeed connected to the point we were just making, right? I mean, on one hand, struggle is very important because it teaches you lessons. It teaches you to be resilient. It teaches you to, to work through barriers. At the same time, sometimes you can almost make yourself suffer too much before deciding that there's an alternate path or maybe uh, this avenue is not suited. Maybe you decide, okay, I'm never going to be a mathematics genius. I'm perhaps more interested in something else and I can be, I can be really good at that. But I do think with kids, right, to give themselves a fair chance to know what they want, you need to ground them in certain basics, right? You need to make sure they are exposed to everything, even the things they don't like, right, up to a certain age, right? Then maybe until 12, 13, and then, then they start finding themselves more and more. But sometimes what happens is when you're really young, when you're a young kid, if you have certain friends who like only one thing, let's say they like only football and they don't like other sports, maybe you're terrible at football, right? Maybe you're never going to be the next Messi. Perhaps you might be really good at, I don't know, horse riding. I don't know, something completely different, right? So, and, and, and it's important to expose your kids to different ways of thinking, different types of activities and different kinds of topics so that they at least know what's out there. And by the way, at a certain age, kids are getting older at a younger age, right? Uh, whether it's the way they look, the way they act, uh, obviously uh, this, this, this stupid thing makes them very, very big, very fast, right? You, uh, but once that point is reached, then they find their own way, right? And I think it's almost your duty as a parent. It's not easy, of course, right? It's easy to throw your kid a phone or an iPad and give yourself an hour of rest. But I can tell you, as you know, as a parent, right, uh, the backlash of that technology on your peace of mind is huge, right? It's huge. Yeah. I mean, think about ourselves, right? If we can't, um, let's say, contain ourselves from being on our device all the time, imagine for a poor kid where all apps are designed for maximizing engagement and certainly games and things like that. So kind of a long, long answer to your short question, but, but I, I do think education in the beginning, it's important to try and expose your kids uh, to different topics, different subjects, also different kinds of friends, right? So they might have school friends, but if you put them in a sport, kids from a different background look different to them. It's really important, right? And kids are very adaptable. They have less prejudices at an early age. And if you teach them that you can get along with all kinds of people, right, who think different, who look different, then in later life, like you said, they won't come up with a, like a wall that they can't climb over, right? They understand how to navigate and, and, and make it through. But look, I was telling my wife just yesterday, I think all parents feel they're screwing it up <laughs> in a certain way, right? Because I don't think any parent thinks, yep, I got the system, I know exactly how I'm raising my kid, and I'm on the right track. Most of the time you think you're making a mess of it. And the only thing you've got to do is keep at it, keep trying, and, 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 and 
just do your best, right? Because at least then when you sleep at night, you can say, look, I made a mess of it, but at least I did my best, right? And then I guess that's good enough. Yeah, and I, th I think that's the whole point. I mean, I also believe that our parents also did their best with what they have known. So, I mean, and it's the same for us. And of course, I, I also don't want uh, that my son is um, is on his tablet or on, on, on his phone, he's uh, five, uh, trying to play Pokemon Go. Um, at the same time, I mean, I want him, how do you say that? I, I, I want him to know that experience and how to deal with that so that he doesn't um yeah that's, that he knows how to cope with it and deal with it otherwise if i say no you cannot do that i mean i know when he's 15 or 18 then it will be then it will be like the complete extremes because i have bidden him certain things and you know what happens of course eh? and yeah and i because there is that forbidden fruit um thing eh? i mean i mean if i say no don't do that uh, you cannot uh, watch the the videos or whatever i mean it's going to come back to me anyway and it's, it's finding that balance and in and indeed i mean you i think you you can resonate with that i mean sometimes they can trigger you so much that you eh, that they, they're going <laughs> to trigger your patience um they're going to trigger because they they have a tantrum or something so they're going to trigger your frustration and then it's about having that consciousness about, I mean, okay, it's an emotion that I'm feeling. I'm now in getting enraged. Um, okay, why is he doing that? And and keeping calm in the middle of that storm. And that's that's for me the biggest challenge. And also then you realize yeah. that, that you are human. And sometimes it's also exactly the same challenge. It's exactly the same challenge for all parents. So you're not you're not on yeah. your own. It's exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. And, and and then also, I mean, wondering. I mean, I'm I'm not in a classical. Uh, I put you in the corner punishment um, uh, person because um, for me the the uh, very a big part of the education is is that the emotions. I mean, if you're going to put away numb away your emotions, I mean, I and then it's going to come back to you. So yeah, I I think I have to find a way so that he can learn to deal with his emotion, especially. His, with those frustration, irritation moments. And for me personally, I don't know how is it with, with your boy, but um, these things, it's going to, it's like, I wouldn't call it cocaine or something, but it's it's like activating something extra when he has been watching uh, some kind of films or movies or short films on his tablet. He's like, I mean sometimes very irritated especially when i take it away and um i don't know so it's it's making it even worse so and i also believe yeah. that it is because it, it is because he is getting a lot of stimuli but it back in the days when we were younger i mean there were less stimuli i i assume so we we had we automatically had time to yeah, to, to, to let it go and to, to recover. And and I think those younger generation is always on. And I think it's a very, yeah. very um, dangerous uh, situation. Yeah, but look, I mean, so a couple of thoughts on this, right? Um, number one, the way I would compare, and there's tons of data on it, right? What I'm saying is not rocket science. It's written in a thousand articles. I would compare it to snacking versus having a meal. 
So being on your phone, being on your device, watching YouTube, gaming, it's snacking, right? It's like chips are great, but if all you're having is chips all the day through, you kind of don't feel so good. You never actually get nourishment. You don't actually get the vitamins you need. And it's nice, of course, if you put a bag of chips in front of a kid or a bowl of carrots, they're always going to have the bag of chips, right? And that's what digital, and nothing wrong with a bag of chips. Everybody needs a bag of chips sometimes, maybe once a day, but not all the day through, right? And I think it's the same with digital devices. When it's taken away, you're not really satisfied. You're like, oh, I'm still kind of hungry and I'm feeling irritated and you know what I mean? So that's the way I would I would, uh, would compare it. And you don't need anybody to explain that to you. Think about yourself, how you feel if you wasted an hour on your phone when you could have yeah. been watching a movie instead or watching a documentary or reading a book, right? Uh, you feel kind of like, like a bit dirty. Like you feel like, well, what did I do with my time, right? I just wasted it and I didn't get any satisfaction out of it either, right? So, but of course, at the same time, snacking is important, right? It's fun. It's nice to do it sometimes. It's important to, to, to do that. But like everything, you've got to stay away from the extremes, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, um, I assume that you have a very, between brackets, filled agenda. I don't want to use the word busy um, because I think busy is, uh, is just uh, some, uh, how you're doing, I'm busy. How do you, compare to like 10, 12, 20 years ago, how do you cope with, with, with um, all the um, pressure? I assume you have lots of pressure because you're carrying a PNL responsibility. Um, how how you are you dealing that in 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 your life? Because is it something? Is it like because I'm old, older and wiser right now? I mean, um, I'm more um, calmer or than I used to be. Or how how do you cope with that? Or do you have certain practices? Um, I don't know. You get up at 4 a.m. and you dive into an ice cold lake or something. I mean, are there certain things? <laughs> Yeah, so one of the quotes that I wrote a long time ago, right, is that in life there are three things that are important, right? It's your personal relationships, your professional life, right, what you're doing there, and your personal health. And at any given time, only two of them will, maximum two of them will be going well, and one of them is not going to be going so well. Because you're, you're a human, but you're not a superhuman, right? If you're focusing on something, automatically you're neglecting something else, right? And to have great relationships, friendships with your family, with your friends, go to the gym three, four times a week and have an insanely successful job where you're able to focus. It's just not realistic, right? You, you're always going to neglect something and that's okay. It's okay to neglect something sometime. But what is very important is to be aware of what you're neglecting and to compensate for that at a certain time, to make the switch, right? To say, look, it's the end of the fourth quarter. I'm really busy. The company results are really important. I'm driving the team to certain results. Everybody's stressed out. Can my family life take, take the strain of me being less focused here? Okay, if it can't, can me not exercising at all this month take the strain? Will I be able to make it up the following month by overcompensating? I think nobody really knows, right? But you have to be aware 
of where you are. And I think as I got older, I mean, I'm still learning this and I haven't perfected it at all, but at least I try to be more aware of what I'm focusing on and what I'm neglecting. And then the second thing I would say is in the past, like work was like the ultimate, right? Because you would sacrifice a lot of things in your life for work because climbing the corporate ladder and being more successful was the measure of success, not only for you, but for all your peers around you, right? That was what you talked about. That was what you discussed. But now, if I ask you, Peter, who's successful, right? You you won't necessarily say, okay, Elon Musk and Bezos are successful versus somebody else, right? Somebody might say, somebody else might say that, but you may or may not say that because how you define success is also different based on what you prioritize in your life, right? If you say, look, you achieved something, you built something, you built a legacy, you helped hundreds of people, that's also successful, right? So I think that's how I deal with it, just to be more aware of where I'm neglecting and where I'm focusing and then try to balance it out. Again, I'm making a mess of it, right? I'm not doing it that well, but by being, awareness is the first step, right? If you're aware of something, you can try to improve it. The worst is if you don't have a clue and you're just trying to do something and and you never know where you're going to end up. Yeah. Again, you're spot on, Vivek. I mean, awareness. With awareness, there is also a part, um, because there are a lot of things that you're saying, eh? um, there is also a part of um, that you are becoming familiar with the thing called ego. And there is also a part of you which has nothing to do with ego, which is the true self. I mean, and this is for me has been a very big um, part of awareness that I noticed that I was doing things in the past for external validation. Look at me. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't aware of that. I was ju- just doing those things because I thought, yeah, it would make me happy. It's me. And there are certain things that I'm doing um, because it's me. Because it's it's being, yeah, it's me. And um, and awareness for me has been the, the, the portal uh, to that. And that's also one of the things that that I don't always take my ego so seriously because, and then I also ask myself the question, am I doing these things for external validation or I'm doing these things who, who I'm really am. Yeah. You know, there, there was a quote, not, not one of mine, but one I read somewhere, which, which I liked a lot, which is like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, which means you're not learning anything. Right? If you're only saying, uh, sharing stuff that you know, it's fine sometimes again, right? If you're helping somebody or you're working working in a team where you're the senior person and you need to have some people who have just joined the workforce or whatever. But I think at a certain point, you, it's like people, either there's, there's some people who are speaking or waiting to speak. And there are other people who are actually listening, trying to understand something, right? And what you just said, I think, resonates well with me because in the past it was like oh the the loudest voice in the room the one who was trying to make the intelligent commentary that feeds your ego it makes you look good but um you know one thing i noticed which is by the way one of one of my quotes right if you meet somebody really important right who's very successful who is a role model you'll notice something 
They might give you very little of their time, but they will give you 100% attention when they're talking to you. Because they're trying to learn something from you. They're trying to say, hey, what is this guy or girl telling me? Is it adding something to me? And oftentimes they'll have a small piece of paper and a pen, and they might just write down one or two words or one line in your whole meeting. But they think about that. They reflect on that stuff. And, and I think that that's, that's, that's also what I've tried to learn, right, over the thing. is like, I mean, multitasking is so difficult. Look at Zoom calls, right? If you're on a Zoom call or a Teams call or whatever, you have your email right there next to the Zoom calls. How easy is it to be distracted? And I'm distracted a lot, right? But a role model for me is somebody who's not distracted, who's like, I'm talking to you. You're the most important person in my world right now because maybe I want to learn something from you. Maybe I'm going to be able to understand some aspect, some thought that I haven't considered before. So I think that's some that's one way I think we have to change as well is listening more actively to others. Listening to understand instead of listening to react. Exactly. That's a great one. Now, Vivek, if you look at your leadership style, people management style, right now compared to, I don't know, 10 years ago, what 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 has changed there? I am going to start with mine. I mean, I used to think in the past that it was all about hard skills. And I learned the hard way that it's, of course, it's a balance. But soft skills, if you really want to go exponentially, and make sure that people are going the extra mile and running that marathon instead of running that quarter. I mean, soft skills is really, especially with younger people, it really makes a difference. Yeah. I think, you know, like you, I think my thinking has evolved, right? And it's a delicate balance because to drive results, you have to sometimes put the people you manage outside their comfort zone. If you're only like a manager who's like, it's all about atmosphere, it's all about goodwill, it's all about let's link arms together and sing the company song and move forward. Sometimes that's good, but that's also not good, right? On the other hand, other extreme, right? Um, I had a lot of good bosses in my career when I started, but I also had some terrible ones, right? The terrible ones were like, what does being a manager mean for them, right? It's like kick ass in the morning, right? And get your, get your own ass kicked in the evening, right? So if it was about sales teams, right? You would like, like come down hard on your own sales team in the morning. And in the evening, when you had to report the results or progress, you'd get your ass kicked because you were behind, behind uh, the results or, or whatever, whatever. It's okay to do that sometimes again, but if that's your only mode of operation, you're going to struggle a lot. So I, the practices I learned, so because I, I ran a lot of different teams, I worked with a lot of different talented people and met a lot of my teams were people from different countries, right? I managed Americans, Brits, uh, Europeans, Asians, uh, people in Latin America. And you have to adapt. So cultural style is very important, right? Really, really important. If you're very polite and very indirect with Europeans, and I'm generalizing like crazy now, right? But in general, I, mm -hmm. I would say you won't be taken seriously, right? It's really important to be quite specific and clear what your expectation is. 
And the advantage of that is oftentimes, uh, uh, I would say a Western European, maybe a, a German person or a Swiss person or a Dutch person or Belgian maybe. Well, Belgians are different because Belgians are very unique in their way to, in their ability to adapt. But I would say that if you're very direct, the advantage is they will also be direct with you. They're like, look, man, your expectation is unrealistic. It's not going to happen. But this is what I can do. And then you come to some kind of agreement. Right? Whereas in, in, in some other cultures, in India, for instance, uh, you have to take the group with you. right? People are going to believe in you. If you're only going to come down hard on them, they're not going to execute when you're not looking. Right? When you're looking, everybody's executing. When you're not looking, people are not executing. Right. So you have to get get them engaged with the mission. And also styles are different, right? You can everybody can belong to the same culture, but somebody's motivated by money, somebody else is motivated by teamwork. A third person is so I think the, the trick is to find the trigger of each person you're managing. And then the second thing that I've noticed, certainly in sales jobs, right? At least for what's worked for me is just do client calls with the, with your people. Because a few magical things happen when you do a client call with somebody. doesn't matter if it's your boss, the CEO of the company, or it's an entry-level sales rep, but a few magical things happen. One is diplomacy is gone because the client will tell you the truth straight. Boom. This is, what, this is my expectation of you. This is my past experience working with your company or with you personally. And this is more or less what you need to do to get my business. They won't tell you the last part directly, but you have to read between the lines and you get that information. And then coming back to our previous point, then you observe how the other person is reacting in that situation to learn from them, but also to see, are they, can you coach them, right? Are they doing something in a way that you think perhaps you can coach them to do it slightly differently? Or if it's a really senior person, doesn't have to be senior or junior, right? I mean, sometimes the CEO of a company may be saying something like, ooh, this is not really going the right way. I probably can coach them as well, right? But, and sometimes somebody who's more junior in the hierarchy might do something really well and you can learn from them uh, as well. So what I've changed is a few things. One is I try and look at the style of the person and the culture they come from, number one. And number two, I get in front of the customer because if you are in front of the customer, it breaks, takes away all this corporate bullshit and you're right there and you, you're able to get a sense of the person's style. You can help them and you can have a direct impact because we help them in that situation. They have more trust and confidence in you and you have more trust and confidence in them as well, right? So if like somebody asked me, Vivek, introduce yourself or I want to get to know you better or whatever, which a senior person in my organization, I'll be like, let's go visit a client together. Right? And that's what I've been doing in my own personal life as well. If Whenever my last few steps that I've made in my career has all been about being shoulder to shoulder, trying to get something done together with top management. And, and, and I, th I think that helps a lot, certainly in sales, right? Running a sales organization. Yeah, what an... Um answer i mean uh, and i've learned now a lot of you vivek i mean uh, it has been a mirror because i am indeed i mean and that's the difference i mean i it's 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 the same culture 
although I work internationally, um, but the team is, is quite uh, the same culture. And I tend to, I tend to find a, a balance between very direct and, and, and getting them out of their comfort zone in order to, to let them grow. Because it's also something, it's for me the only way to, to, to learn, and it's the only way, There's, it's, it's a good way to learn something in practice instead of just uh, having a theoretical conversation and at the same time making sure that yeah that I watch that I don't put the bar or the border too far so that's that it's and it needs to be it's like sporting going to the fitness I mean it's a struggle but at the same time you have the feeling afterwards wow I'm happy that I did it you again have to always check yourself in terms of who do you have in front of you, right? And like you said, yeah. mirroring is important, right? If you use a wrong style with a person, you, you'll have a complete mismatch in communication, right? You'll be talking past each other all the time. And again, it's like we to our previous topic of raising kids, right? I mean, if you're very yeah. aggressive and frustrated with your kids, then they're going to be aggressive and frustrated with you. It's very simple. And again, so easy to understand, but so hard to execute. So hard to execute. If you're a very direct person in business and the other person is being very diplomatic and not getting to the point, and it's very easy to get frustrated and like, hey man, why are you beating around the bush? This is the point we need to discuss. But then you might you might lose them at that point. So you gotta you gotta bring them towards your side of thinking or your point of view using a style that's maybe slightly different. Yeah, but at the same time, it's um, and it's it's it, it has actually it's been the 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 red line or the the line in our whole conversation that we had is that um, yeah we will make a mess of it, but it doesn't matter. It's okay, and it's there is never going to be a point that we think nah, and I, I think that's for me one of the biggest things that I see certain people do uh, or think is that they think they are there, they have reached. A point where they they know how to do it whereas it's 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 very interesting to to look at things from a, a beginner uh set of eyes because yeah because things are, are changing and the thing the point that i want to make is that the journey is the destination or the destination is the journey i mean there is no destination you're always going to be on that journey it's the same with raising kids it's the same with with awareness it's the same with 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 managing people i mean you're trying something you you're connecting with the other person and uh, and and you will make mistakes and then you learn from it and uh and that's okay yeah i think you know the problem is many people and this is again something that i've reflected on maybe i should write it down as a quote is you hear many people say it gets better, right? Whether it's raising kids, whether it's your professional life, whether it, but you real you have to realize the negative way of looking at it is it never actually gets better. It gets different, right? It gets, but you can also look at it positively and you can say right now is already pretty good. Right now is pretty good, right? You've got a number of things that are going well for you that you have achieved. You've already climbed up one mountain and before you go to the second mountain, you can say, hey, man, how did I get here? I must have done something right to, well, again, in your personal life, in your professional life. So it's not it gets better. It's pretty good. 
but it gets different. It gets more interesting, right? You get new challenges thrown at you and to navigate those, that's what, that's what life's about, right? To navigate those challenges and, and to learn from them. Now, and now we're getting into a very interesting topic. I mean, it's already good and um, eh, it's, I think a lot of us, or certainly also me, have been um, brainwashed, conditioned with some kind of thing that we need to be perfect and that we need to do things perfectly. And that so we have an, 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 a vision in our head of the perfect situation, the perfect environment of perfect yeah the target the goals that we have been reaching or reached and of course then we have reality <laughs> and it's it's <laughs> that's and that creates suffering if you want to attach to that perfect perfect thing and you don't accept what what there is because you're throwing away everything what is good but the thing is the perfection will never come it that is just the game it's just becoming a little bit better learning a little bit better becoming aware of it and and being okay what is in front of you i mean going to go back to the kids thing i mean it's very nice striving for becoming the perfect dad but just because of that striving it will make you a really bad dad instead yeah. of just accepting okay and i didn't do well and sometimes i say sorry to my kids you were right and i was wrong you were right and I was wrong and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, you sometimes need to give yourself a break, right? It's like mm. being on the iPad or on the phone or snacking, digital snacking, nothing wrong with it. You need to do that. Stuff. You know, or even in your life, right? In your forties, you're at a certain point where suddenly you've got all the responsibility of the world on you. It can feel like that sometimes. Like, oh God, I got to raise a family. I got to work. Where's the fun? Where am I? nights out with no, not a care in the world. Where were these long vacations where I could just go whenever I wanted? I wasn't tied to the school schedule and things like that. So I'll give you one more of my quotes, right? And I'm going to send you the book later. I'm not going to forget to send it to you. But one of my other quotes is like, uh, every man should go through a midlife crisis. Nothing wrong with going through a midlife crisis. And I would say, uh, uh, a midlife crisis at our age, you have the choice between the three A's, right? The first A, and I'm just joking a little bit, but I think it's somewhat truth in the joke as well. So the first A is you can get ha have alcohol, right? Which is like you can become a drunkard, right? You can drink a lot and 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 and, and kind of ease the ease the pain of being in your forties. Second, you can have an affair, right? You can. Uh, cheat on your partner and have an affair. Or the third is you can get into automobiles, right? So that was the third thing. Uh, I was telling my wife, like, uh, hey, it's time for me to have a midlife crisis. And she, she's, she maybe that was joking now. She's like, you do whatever you want. I don't care. I was like, I think I'll take an automobile. It's the cheapest and least stressful of the three, three A's, right? And um, so that's why now like, I fool around with classic cars. I have one or two old, old timers. I, I fool around with it. You need a bit of madness in life as well. Very important to have a bit of things you invest your time in that has no logic, logical payback. Yep. Because there are so many things you do which are logic based, right? I'm going to work. I earn money. I grow my career. I have some feeling of engagement. 
uh, I have a family, I need to be a good dad, I need to be responsible, I need to expose my kid to all this stuff. I need to be a good husband, I need to be a good friend. All of those things, right? But what about you? You can't forget yourself, right? You also need some kind of uh, release in your life, right? So I would say pick, pick, a, pick a madness in your life that doesn't harm your health and doesn't break the bank at the same time. Take something that, that has no logic. Like, look, I know you're into music, right? I mean, and you might be spending an extraordinary time, amount of time on music, but it does something for you in a way that something else just can't do, right? And for me, yeah, it's automobiles. For somebody else, it's something else. So I would say you yeah. can't take yourself too seriously as well. Is it, Madness is an important thing to have in life, but not too much, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Eh? It's it's yeah. If you and that's also a lesson for me. If you look everything on life and you're going to calculate calculate it only by how much is this going to bring me, and I mean bring me is literally money. Yeah, bo. Um, and indeed, it's like what you said. Eh? I mean, uh, I I spent a lot of times eh, playing guitar, and uh, I've, I've, the, the room is full of guitars here, and there's even a, a piano behind me, and there is no real logic behind it. I mean, um, yes, I'm getting being paid for gigs, but it's not. I mean, that's uh, it's. Uh, and th and that's that's indeed true. I mean, I I still remember vividly. That we were at a party drinking alcohol. I, I remember that day. I were having fun. Today, I don't drink any alcohol anymore. And I have nothing wow. against drinking. People drinking alcohol is just, I want to feel, I want to be aware of every situation that, I, that I'm experiencing. And yeah, I mean... Then if we were wasting our times like 10 or 20 years ago, that would be okay. We weren't aware. But right now I'm, I'm aware of the fact that this physical body uh, is going to, and I cannot control the end date of that physical body. Um, and I'm like, mm, it would be great if I, and maybe it's also to do with the fact that, that our son is five, that um, yeah, I, I like spending time with him because the happiness for me is also in those, in those tiny in those small things and not in the big things not um but in order to know that it's like just men you just mentioned you're calling it a midlife crisis but it, it, having those experiences of achieving things but because you have ex, uh, achieved the, those things i mean makes you also realize that you're not changing as a person i mean it, it's uh, not changing as a person is maybe wrong but it's not always going to yeah, add to that happiness. And then indeed you can go to the alcohol or the affairs, getting those new experiences, those thrills, those dopamine kicks. And, and like you just mentioned, I mean, uh, it, it can complicate your life uh, in, in a big way and you don't have to even watch Netflix to, to have some drama with it. And if that's your choice, I mean, but for me, that's also running away. Um, yeah, and, um, that's and a bad there, choice, no... right? That's why, that's why I believe you need to pick something that doesn't harm your health, mental health and physical health or your, your happiness in your life. And it doesn't also make you bankrupt, right? Because you can also have a hobby that's really expensive and it sucks so much time or money that it's, 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 it's draining you rather than adding to it. Like music is a beautiful thing, right? Because it's something which it, it touches an emotion that you don't get in your corporate life, certainly not all the time, right? 
or any hobby of yours where you really uh, get into it and you, you become by accident an expert in something, it has a lot of value and, and, and you feel some self-worth out of that. And I also think in that madness, there is some ingredient um, which comes free and then the circle is um, round is um, creativity. And it's, it's something which even in our, in, in the business world is a very important factor. I mean, we can create the, the perfect deal, but you need creativity to really make it special and make it, make it happen. And in order to tap into that uh, creativity, you will not get there by using your simple brains, your logic brains. It's by doing stuff, which is, which you call madness. Is it with cars? Because you're creating things. Is it creating music? And you tap into that creativity. And what do you get back? Creativity. Because it's not about um, um, the, the final chord of that song. It's about playing the music while it's being playing. And it's, exactly. about, it's about that process. And it's the same with automobiles. If you would have the perfect uh, classic old-timer, I mean, wh where's the fun of it? Exactly. It's tuning, it's, it's finding the right parts. I think that's where the joy is. It's that creativity. Exactly right. And finding creativity in a world where, uh, you know, like even if you think we live in a digital world, you're consuming stuff all the time. You're just consuming things. Content, uh, entertainment. So exactly to your point, creativity, like spending time creating something, improving something, and it doesn't, it, it can also be like uh, doing social work, helping people, advising people. You're, you're, you're contributing, you're giving something. I mean, it's the, it's not a new truth, right? We know it forever, right? They say giving feels better than getting, right? And, and you, you give uh, part of yourself to your hobbies or you give part of yourself to helping others. You, you, feel, you feel better for it, right? And again, Maybe, at least in my case, I do too, too little of it, right? But whenever I do it, I get reminded like, hey, this is something that gives me uh, more authentic joy than day-to-day than -day life, right? So stuff like that. Last question, Vivek. Um, Who is Vivek within 10 years? I hope, I hope healthy and happy, right? This is my only objective, right? Um, to... Um, to ensure my own health and the health of my loved ones and to be happy with them. Right? And I think if you're, if you're healthy and happy, you automatically can excel in your professional and other endeavors as well. Right. So that's my hope. And I think that's where I will be in, in 10 years time, still hopefully productively employed with some work, right. Doing stuff that I enjoy doing like I'm doing today. But if you don't have health with you, then none of the other stuff matters, right? You, you, you don't have anything else. So, and you've got to work harder on maintaining that stuff in 10 years uh, than, than you do now. And like you have to work harder now than you did 10 years ago to maintain that stuff, right? So I would hope that's where I, that's where I am. Well, then we record uh, a second conversation within 10 years. Exactly. Well, I, I hope it's not going to be 10 or 11 years uh, again since we have the next conversation. We can we can catch up for a coffee or a bite or whatever the next time uh, we, we're in each other's cities. I, I look forward to that. Yes. I want to thank you, Vivek. It was so great having you. 
I mean, it's it's so nice having. I mean, of course, we have aged a little bit, but it's the same energy. I feel we have become wiser, and that connection has even deepened because it it feels for me okay. We come from different culture, we have a different lifestyle, and at the same time, we're very similar, and we're searching for the same thing. I that's what I learned today. Yeah, same same for me. I confirm one hundred percent, and I admire the fact how you've combined your. Uh, you have many passions, right? Music is one of them. We spoke about it, but how you combine this new interest you have in podcasting since a couple of years, and you've really been steadily at it. And I see that you get a lot of engagement and uh, and and following around it as well. Uh, that's something admirable, right? And I, 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 it gives me energy talking to you, and I, I think it probably gives you a lot of energy interviewing all the different guests you have uh, as well. So. Uh, Onward and upwards with that one. I think you'll be very successful if you keep at it. Yeah. But that's a very interesting thing that you're mentioning right now. And um, the the fact that you um, have shown yourself as who you really are. I mean, there is a part of our identity where we were used to work together. I mean, it was a business personality, I would call it. And then I, I really remember that the, the parties that we had and the things we were saying to each other with a big smile. And, yeah. And I mean, and it's fun. At the same time, I mean, the, the moment you start putting out those more deeper thoughts, I was like, I don't know where it came from, but I thought, and maybe that's a Western European culture thing, that it as a male, um, around, I don't know, 32, 30, something like. It is not, I wouldn't call it cool, but it, it makes you soft if you put out those things in the world. So for me, um, um, like two years, uh, when I, when I, when I well, it's two years and a half, when I started this, I mean, I was really afraid and I had a lot of fear of the reactions that would come out of corporate land where mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't say I played the role, but at I'm very pretty sure that I didn't show all parts of me. Maybe it was necessary, it was, eh? but also there was a part of me which was afraid of, 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 of showing that part um, because I thought I was getting criticism. And the funny part is, is that um, I just got a lot of confirmations from former colleagues, friends, whatever, in corporate land, even people I don't know who just admire that part, which was for me just the opposite. I was like, I was like, mm -hmm. and it, and that's that's also where you sparked my, yeah, interest by doing that. So you didn't have any clue what your quotes on Facebook were doing to the world and the impact that you're having. And it's it's you. I think you know the um, what's what's it called the um, when a a butterfly in Brazil um, flies his wings. The, there is there's an earthquake in, in Tokyo. It has a certain name. Yeah, the butterfly um, effect. That's what they call it. Yeah, the butterfly effect. And it's that ripple on the lake. But we are not aware of the impact that we're having of the ripples of the lake that we of the things that we are doing by really showing showing up as we really are. There's only one risk in that, right? And I think that's a really important thing. Showing yourself has become extremely normal uh, with Instagram and uh, TikTok and stuff. People are just showing themselves, boom, 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 all the time. But mm -hmm. showing yourself and being authentic at the same time 
that's the that's the tough part, right? Yeah, yeah. Because some people want to show themselves just because that's the expectation, right? And I think when yeah. you do something like your podcast, you're not doing it because hey, I want everybody to see my face every day. You're no. doing it because no, you no. want people to uh, you want to share, so you have some thoughts to share, or you want to bring out thoughts of other people you know, and you want to share those with the world, right? And yeah. that's why that's authentic. It's the same thing with my these notes. I just like hey, if I'm thinking about this stuff. Perhaps other people are also thinking about this stuff. Let me just share it out there. And then that's that's it, right? Then And then I got such yeah. an overwhelming reaction to that stuff. I was like, hey, I might as well keep doing this. Yeah, but it's the same thing. And it's because, and it starts because, and this is the same for us both, it's the, for both of us, is that our intention um, by putting it out, it's indeed, it's not about me. It, 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 I don't do it for my ego. I, yes, I get a lot of, um, uh, I don't know, followers uh, uh, of it. At the same time, it's it's. I would do it even if nobody was watching or listening. I'm not every day looking uh, how many viewers or listeners. I know it's growing because because I'm detached from from that because and that's the, the, the also thing that you have been experienced. We have been working so long in an environment we had where we had targets in no into the future that we have to reach that i'm like i don't want to reach something with this in terms of target because otherwise i'm doing the same things again again and again and i'm like why would i want to do that so i want to do things a little bit different and that i think that's the difference at the detention and of course you can feel that so i mean and your quote about showing up yeah, of course. I mean, uh, it's it's like what you mentioned there. Eh? I mean, it's not about you, but it's something that came through you. You put it on a paper, you put it on Facebook. And if it inspires people, great. If it doesn't inspire people, it's also great. Exactly. Good stuff, Peter. Hey, it's Peter here. Thanks a lot for listening to What's On Your Mind. Looking forward to your opinions and comments. And don't forget to subscribe on psgrow.com and leave your email address to stay tuned for future episodes. Bye!